Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, everyone. Welcome to today's edition of Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, taking your calls and your questions today. I am back live in studio this Thursday afternoon <clears throat> after being away for a week or so, maybe a little bit more than a week, uh, and had a great time away. I had the privilege of overseeing a 30-year vow renewal of friends of mine that go way back to pre-high school days uh, in many ways and also taught at a Calvary Chapel. And so they probably played some encores uh, in this slot, which is great. Sounds just like a regular edition uh, as we edit them. But I'm back today live, taking your calls and your questions. Text me directly. <clears throat> we have a texting line wide open, 720-336-0897, 720-336-0897. And of course, the number to dial to get on the air live with me is 303-690-3000. Works anywhere in the continental United States. And it's only for texting uh, please do not leave a message. I mean, you can leave a message if you want. We just won't listen to it. Uh, it's not uh, listenable. We only use this line for texting. Uh, and so if you have any questions about your the radio station you're listening this to or any questions about a local church in your community or any questions about Calvary Live, you have to call the station number or text it into this number. It's texting 720-336-0897. Or call me, 303-690-3000 is the number. Got a text <clears throat> earlier today uh, that said, um, with all the dates of the rapture online, which ones are we supposed to believe? Or which one are we supposed to believe? Uh, and I thought that was a great question, especially you know with texting, we don't know. Uh, so we just take it for granted that it's a sincere question. And in a sincerity of that question, the answer is simple. We don't believe any dates because Jesus said, nobody knows. Nobody knows. And let me read to you what he says, uh, because this is important. <clears throat> the Jesus made it very, very clear when he talked about the um, end times in Mark, let's just use Mark's gospel, chapter 13, verse 32. But of that day and hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. So how clearer can the Bible be on such a matter? How clear can Jesus be on such a matter? No 
one knows the day or the hour, so we don't accept any dates. Um, we can understand the times and the seasons, but the date we don't know. And anybody that's naming a date, just don't believe them. Don't take it in. So that was a great question. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000-720. This is the texting number. 720-336-0897. All our phone lines are wide open, <clears throat> as is the text line. And by the way, the text line can be used anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week for prayer requests. And we'll take those prayer requests and we will pray over them and pass them on to our prayer teams here at Calvary Church in Aurora, Colorado. So no matter what lace station you're listening to this to, listening online, wherever you are around the country, even around the world, you have a team of men and women here at the church praying for you. Uh, they go to our staff first and then they get distributed out to our prayer teams. Uh, and And so... Um, here you go. Here's another text question. My questions regarding mediums. I'm staunchly against them. I believe it's real. I believe they're talking to spirits. I believe they're Satan spirits. My friend lost her husband suddenly a little over a year ago. She's now sought out talking to him through a medium. Uh, of course, the medium said her husband and many other family members were there to talk with her. And of course, it's described very wonderful, suggesting they're all in heaven. My question is, do mediums ever present the person as being in hell? Also, can you pray for her that God would intervene? That is a great question. It's not a question that can be answered uh, biblically because there's not like a scripture that we could turn to uh, that could answer that. However, certainly we know that the uh, devil is deceptive he is a liar, and he, Jesus said he is the father of all lies. We also know that the devil can make himself like an um, angel of light in 2 Corinthians chapter 11. So whatever, he, whatever the demonic world wants to do through mediums, astrology, familiar spirits, all the stuff that we're to stay away from it is deceptive in nature. So let's just say that uh, indeed a, uh, a brother or sister uh, is um, in heaven, then it would, it would follow that the demonic spirit would want to say that our beloved is in hell just to mess with our heads and make us discouraged and turn our back on God and all of that. Uh, and, and so the, there's a very good chance that whatever the, the spirits are saying, it's not that they always lie, right? Because he, the, in second Corinthians 11, it's not like the devil always lies. Um, but he can wrap lies in partial truths or, you know, a portion of the truth. So I don't know. That's a good question, but I can answer it, you know, with the broaden the the broader sense. And so it's not uncommon. Uh, let me let's pull back for a second and just speak to. It's not uncommon for those that have lost a loved one to want to talk to them. And the question does come: Can I talk to them? 
And you might be surprised by my answer. My answer is yes, you can talk to them. But let me clarify um, what I mean by that. You can talk to them, but you can't have a conversation with them. They are fully alive, but unable to communicate to you like you were communicating with them when they were alive. But is there anything sinful about going to a graveside and talking out loud uh, to a loved one and expressing yourself and pouring out your heart? Nothing wrong with that. Um, nothing wrong with that as you express emotion, as you express your desire. The line, I think, that needs to be drawn in that expression is just understand that while they are alive, and even those of our loved ones that have gone before us into the presence of God, while they are alive, um, they're in a different atmosphere of life, I guess you could say, a different uh, dimension of life in the presence of the Lord. There's a separation between us. Our relationship is with the living Lord, the Holy Spirit dwelling in us, the Father from heaven, not from those that have um, gone before us. Um, so you asked for prayer as well for this woman. So let's pray for her. Father, I pray for this precious woman who is um, grieving the loss of her husband. And it's very, very hard and challenging. And uh, there's uh, grief has made her very vulnerable to false teaching and false teachers. And so I pray, God, that you would bring comfort and encouragement into her life and that you would strengthen her and uphold her in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. All right. I'm also going to text back. Uh, I'd love to send a free copy of, of my a book on God's ministry to the troubled heart. So um, please send me an address and I will gift her a book on comforting her heart. So I just spoke as I typed so we could all hear it on the air. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. Uh, give me a call. Let's go right to New Jersey. Uh, Jesse's on the line. Jesse, welcome to the program. <clears throat> hey, what's going on? Hey, what's um, up? So my question is, I was actually reading Job today, and something interesting I found was that Job, uh, I think it's in chapter 29, um, explains that he is seeking God but can't find him. And my question is, when we go through trials, um, does God um, intentionally kind of hide himself or withdraw his presence in order to grow us, or is it a lack of faith on our part if we can't experience uh, God's closeness? No, that's a that's a great question. I think part of the answer we need to understand the difference between a new covenant believer and an old covenant believer, right? Because there's many benefits that you and I have in Christ that Job didn't have. Uh, the main one being is that the Holy Spirit is with us continually. So in a very real way, God cannot hide himself from us. He won't hide himself for us. He actually chooses to be with us 24-7. Um, but this is a familiar feeling. I'm reminded of Psalm 139, remember, where David also wrestled with the same thing. He says, where can I go 
from your presence? Where can I hide from you? You're always there. Or even Adam and Eve in the garden, as they tried to hide themselves, God was over with them, pursuing them. So, you know, I think the distinction has to be made between a new covenant and an old covenant uh, believer. And then the second thought I would have on this is that have, have in New Jersey, you guys get thick fog out there? Yeah. You know, if you think of thick fog, which disorients you, makes you isolated, um, you know, if you drive in it uh, with your high beams on or something, it can make you very dizzy and sick. And and it 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 is a visible barrier that can actually mess with your head, your emotions, uh, your mental state if you're in it too long. But it's only veiling the reality. For example, if in fog, you could say, I can't believe, why are the trees hiding themselves from me? And, and the, you know, the guy, I'm, I'm in the car with you, you're driving. I can't believe it. I'm so, I can't, this, I hate this fog. I can't believe the trees are hiding themselves from me. And I would say, what are you talking about, bro? The trees are right there. And then what would you yeah. say? No, but I can't see them. Mm. And so there's something can be right there. And you can't experience them, see them, or enjoy them. And if we use that simple analogy or that simple illustration as an analogy to pain and suffering, pain and suffering is a lot like fog. It's very, it's thick, heavy, disorienting, and it it literally hides reality that's right in front of us. Mm. And... And I think that that is a lot of what Job is describing, although he doesn't have the inward dwelling of the Holy Spirit. He doesn't know. You know, the other thing about Job that we have the advantage as we're reading it is we totally know what's going on in his life. He has no clue at, yeah. at chapter 29, the, the, the whole uh, scene that's played out in heaven, the, the end that's coming, the even the rebuke that God is going to give him, that God is building the scene, and then his friends are making the fog worse. You know, I, if you if I was in the car with you and you would say, "Oh, I can't believe it, Ed. Uh, I can't see the trees," and then I turn around and I say, "Jesse, you're <laughs> such an idiot. I can't believe how stupid you are. Like, you know that like, I'm. I would not be helping you. I would be making it worse. Um, yeah. Now you're mad. I'm. I'm the one. I'm your friend." But now in the situation, I'm not acting like your friend. And so those guys, they're actually making it worse for him. And mm. and I think that's he's emoting there. And I think he's describing an emotion that even as new covenant believers, we can all um, relate to. Sure. That makes a lot of sense. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Bless you, brother. You too. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Yeah, you know, I was... This is like a familiar thing. I remember this guy um, came up to me, and I don't know why. I don't remember the. We were having a regular conversation, or we we're gonna. And he just looked at me, and says, "You know, Ed, you you look sad all the time." And and I said, "That's because I am most of the time." Uh, and and in that, the brother wasn't being very helpful. I'm not even sure what his motive was. I'm not even sure what he was trying to express. Um, but you can make things harder for people. Uh, and, and so much so that I have written on my blog a post on things not to say to someone that is grieving. 
So let me see if I can find it. Um, let me see. Oh, I'm in the wrong place. So I'm looking in drafts. I need to look in things not to say. And if you want a copy of that, uh, just email me or text me. I'll send you the link. Um, let me see. I'm going to have to find it now. I wasn't thinking about it until after that call. Okay, here it is. It's five things not to say to your grieving friend. So not only do I share that, uh, uh, do I share that, but I also, um, I also um, give you alternatives. And so I'll give you, if you want to text me uh, or you want to email me, I'll send you the link to this. Five things not to say to your grieving friend because you don't want to make things harder. And it's at the same time, it may not be fully, I, I know I, ex sometimes I'll make those points. Jesus did the same thing. It will be very exaggerated or using hyperbole, like the illustration with Jesse uh, and the fog, but it doesn't have to be that exaggerated. It, it can just be, Hey, you look sad all the time, Ed. Yeah, bro. Like, yeah. And uh, you should pray for me. Um, pray that the Lord would encourage me or strengthen me or, um, you know, so anyway, I have five things not to say. Text me or email me and I'll send you the link. 303-690-3000. Back to Colorado. Deborah on line three. Welcome to the program. Hi. Hey, Deborah, you're on the air. Yeah, I was, uh, I had a friend from my, that I knew years ago who moved out of state and moved back into state. And we had spent uh, a day together on Saturday on the weekend and, uh, Things weren't going well, and uh, I, I think he was coming from a completely different place than me, but I was wondering, um, he, I believe now that he is a non-believer, okay. and he has stated some things to me that I won't repeat, but I've been, I read my Bible, and I know that when we talk, like you say before, uh, we, you know, the Word should come from us, come out of us, and, and, you know, I try to share the Word whenever I get a chance to, but he... Um, I, 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 you talked about being, I think other people also have said, you know, try to be with believers instead of non-believers. Yeah. I believe he is a non-believer and I just, uh, want to try, I want to, uh, sometimes I think you just have to let people go, you know, sure. and I was, and it was the point where I was scared, where I was praying Yeah. and, and it was, and I think that he was just, like I said, in a different place. And there was a, uh, Jewish, uh, young Jewish rabbi I spoke to once, and he said, uh, I don't know if it says based in the Bible, but he said some people uh, create hell on earth and some people create heaven on earth. And I don't know if okay. that's true or not, but um, just how, how can I help I you, sister? I will be seeing him again. How, how can I help you? What, like, I, what, well, what do you think I can okay. do to help you? Well, I just need a prayer stating that, uh, helping me to, uh, you know, be more involved with the church and okay. be more involved with believers and you and bet because I you know because you know we we you know I was in fear on that day because he was in like I said he was like in a different state but he was in also in a different state of mind and yes well hey well let me pray for you uh, Father I pray for my sister as she processes some of the life decisions that she's made and. You know her great need right now is to be surrounded with other believers, people that will encourage her and strengthen her and help her. I pray, God, that you would fill her afresh with your Holy Spirit, 
guiding her into a place of great strength and recovery. And we pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. All right. Bless you, sister. Bye-bye. Now, continue to study the Word and involve with the church. Let me read to you a scripture that's confirming exactly what you're thinking. Um, It's in the book of Acts, right in the second chapter, in verse 42. And the Bible says, They continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and in fellowship, and in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. And then it says, continuing in verse 46, Daily, when one accord in the temple, breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people, and the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. And that's what the early church did, and I think you're right on track to do exactly what the early church did, to be in fellowship, to be in the Word, to be in prayer, and watch God bless you as you take communion and break bread together. See you, Deborah. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. We're taking your calls and your question. Um, that was good. It's good to be reminded of God's faithfulness. Many times we we minimize uh, the, the power of simplicity uh, and the, the, the fact that simple obedience will be blessed. Simple obedience will be blessed. Here's a great question uh, came through the text. Um, if, Mar- if the Marys went to Jesus' tomb to put the spices on the body, how did they expect to roll the heavy stone away? That is a really good question. And another question that we theorize, <clears throat> because again, it doesn't say in their planning stages, they're just passionately desiring to take care of Jesus even after his death. So here's one thought. Without, I'm not looking it up. I'm just giving it to you off the top of my head. Here's one thought. They would, they would persuade the Roman guards to do it for them uh, for the, because the Roman guards were there to prevent the, anyone from stealing the body. Uh, they, the Roman guards, Rome didn't believe that Jesus was going to rise from the dead. They did believe, though, the rumors that that G, the not the they did believe that the teaching of Jesus when he said he would rise from the dead, and the rumors that supported that or came alongside of that that some that even though he would not raise from the dead, somebody would come and steal the body, and then they would say he rose from the dead. So I think the number one, I don't think they intended to move it themselves, um, but I do think that they could have thrown themselves on the compassion of the Roman guards because the Roman it, they the Roman guards that they drew a you know a really bad um stick on that one because they're just sitting around standing around doing nothing guarding a rock guarding a tomb and there's a good chance that they would be in a position to be persuaded uh, but that's a good question um that's a that whether you realize it or not you're on the pathway of interpretation uh and the way that you interpret the text is by answering, asking, and asking good questions, and then through the answers you provide, coming to the conclusion that fits the context, fix uh, the the linguistics of the text, the uh, 
cultural, societal issues of the text, the audience, and on and on that goes. So um, whether you realize it or not, that's a great question that will get help you get to the bottom of an application. You know, why would you, why, why would they even, why, why didn't they just talk, talk themselves out of it? Oh, we could never move the stone. Well, because they went to the tomb by faith. They were really living out. I, I don't know how we're going to do it, but we're, we're not going to do it sitting here. So we might as well get everything ready and go there. Uh, and so there's a lot of application you could build on a good question like that. Super good. 303-690-3000. Uh, we're going to stick around in Colorado. Vinny uh, in Windsor, Colorado. Vinny, welcome to the program. Yeah, Pastor Ed, thank you very much. I love your program. I'm actually driving up back back up north from Denver to Windsor on I-25 right now. Okay, So great. I don't want to take too much time. I've got plenty of time, but you don't have all day. So okay. first of all, uh, from the beginning of your program, you were talking about mediums. So my first thought was back in uh, Samuel, 1 Samuel, when uh, King Saul disobeyed the Lord, Samuel confronted him and, talked, and compared his rebellion to sorcery. And it was later when God removed his presence and his blessing from King Saul that he turned to a medium and they had a seance and he communicated with the spirit of Samuel. So that, that was something that I thought of. Um, but then there were a few other things from Samuel. I was reading Samuel recently. There's a few other, a couple of other thoughts that I had and questions. Some, some things that were a little puzzling to me, but I just wanted to get your feedback, see, see what your thoughts were. My, I, I didn't understand the question. What, what is the question? Well, it's not really a question and comment. And again, it's about obedience, right? Samuel told King Saul that, you know, God does not delight in sacrifice, but in obedience, right? So back to obedience. Um, Saul was disobedient. So one sure. of my questions, really, okay, so, so here's my first question. My first okay. question would be, okay, King Saul killed every one of the Amalekites, it says, except for the king, King Agag, is that yep, his name? Agag. I think that's what his name was. Right. Anyway, he killed every one of them, but then it was the Amalekites that, came, that killed, or was an Amalekite, if I'm not mistaken, that, came, uh-huh. that killed King Saul and Jonathan. It's true. And you're, what, so I that's, don't what's your question? <laughs> I may not be well, following your question, questions. The question is, how, how, how do we reconcile those two things? If King well, Saul killed everybody but the king of the Amalekites, if he killed all the other Amalekites, how is there an Amalekite left to kill him and, Saul, and Jonathan? Because he left one. Oh. Because he didn't kill them all. Oh, okay. I thought it said. I thought it said in in I don't know First Samuel fourteen or fifteen that that he he saved the best of the wild, you know, the best of the cattle, the 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 um, you know the sheep, the bulls. He saved all those, and then he told Samuel that he was going to sacrifice them to his God. But I thought that he killed all the Amalekites except the king. Right. So he left one. I think he left more than one. I'm going to have to look it up here. Um, I'll look it up during the break. Uh, because we're coming up on a hard break here, um, but he was disobedient, uh, and that's a great illustration of the disobedience. Our disobedience, or what we might say is, we think we're completely obeying, but we know that we're not fully obeying, uh, it will come back to bite us, right? If we sow to the flesh, we're going to reap corruption, and so, so we know that he didn't completely eliminate the Amalekites, um, and I just need to look it up. Uh, let's see here. I'm going to look it up during the break. That way I won't talk out loud. So stick on the radio and I'll give it to you on the other side. Okay. Um, 
It says in first, I'm looking real quick. I'm not look, reading the context, but it says, uh, and they defeated the rest of the Amalekites who had escaped. They dwelt there to this day. Second uh, Samuel one. Where are you from? I'm the son of an alien, an Amalekite. Second um, Samuel one, same same section. Um, yeah, so let me let me look it up. I'll I'll look it up, and then you know you've got by the time you get to second. Second Samuel, you have you still have Amalekites alive, um, so they weren't completely defeated. We know that. I'll be right back. You hear the music. This is Calvary Live. My name is Ed Taylor, and it's good to be back. It was great to be away, believe me, but it's good to be back as well. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome back everyone to the second half of today's program. I want to give a shout out to everyone listening on the Radio by Grace Network. You're listening live and I am back live today. It's Thursday uh, and uh, everyone on the Grace FM radio network, welcome. You're also listening live, and that includes the live streams on the Radio by Grace and Grace FM websites and apps. And then our friends on Hope FM and Truth FM and Higher Rock Radio, you guys are listening to this one week delayed. Uh, and in that one week delay, uh, all that means is you're, uh, the, you're listening to the program. You can call in while it's on the air. And we and here's the number to dial three zero three six nine zero three thousand three zero three six nine zero three thousand, and you can you can talk live to the host, and then next week you can tune into your radio station on Truth FM or Hope FM or Higher Rock, and hear yourself on the radio. Uh, so whenever the program is on and it's not an encore, you can talk to the host live three zero three six nine zero three thousand so looking at the passage for my uh, brother before the break um, we we know that Saul did not destroy all the Amalekites how do we know that they existed after the fact they they existed after uh, Saul and David I mean when you read even Haman the Agagite in um, in Esther uh, chapter 8 verse 3 um you have them even operating and during that time. So uh, Saul was probably exaggerating. And in his exaggeration, he says he did what he was supposed to do, but he didn't. He's a liar. We know he's a liar because um, he lied directly to Samuel. Um, and now, now I kind of understand your thinking um, as you were going through the history. I just needed to be, um, I needed, needed to reflect on the scripture. So thank you. 303 690 3000 is the number 303-690-3000 sticking around Colorado we're staying in Denver PJ welcome to the program Hi um it's TJ I'm sorry um, hey TJ That's okay um my question is about um when you're diagnosed with terminal illness Yes and I um I know um I guess I don't know how to feel about that and you okay. know is it our duty to fight like take every 
every medicine or treatment, or is it okay if if we don't want to do that? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it's it's an important question to really consider and take it before the Lord. And I I think that there's a lot of different factors uh, that need to be spoken to. Um, that you know, a radio program isn't going to provide the kind of depth that we need on a question like this. But I do know this. And so let's just talk about the things that are super clear. Um, God is the author of life. And in a very real way, we all have been diagnosed with a terminal illness. Uh, and, and what I mean by that is that none of us know the day that we're going to die. But we do know that the wages of sin is death. And every single one of us is going to die. So let's say besides the doctor giving a diagnosis, and we're all living knowing that we're not going to live forever, we have an urgency to protect life, to guard life, to enjoy life, to live life to its fullest, so that we carry that, that standard into a time when a more direct terminal illness is prescribed, you know, where you have... Uh, you know, I think one of the most common um, illnesses that's diagnosed today is cancer. You know, when you have an end-stage cancer and it's terminal, do I? What do I do? And I think as you pray prayerfully, consider the question, the answer to that question. You or anyone listening, you know, as we prayerfully consider the answer, we go in with valuing the life that God has given to us. So that tells me that most of our decisions will be toward the healing properties of that sickness um, to eliminate it, to um, take advantage of the days in which we live where technology uh, is such, where God has uh, provided all kinds of healing remedies that weren't available in the previous generations. You know, I think of those that are in a coma. Um, I think that the Again, you walk into that situation saying, hey, th this man is, and this woman is alive. Um, and so we're going to make decisions based on life and not death. And I think a big mistake is made, uh, and I can say this definitively, when decisions are based on death and not life. Um, notwithstanding that it's a hard decision, um, it is. But I do think that most of our decisions are going to be towards life. Um, we're not going to give up on life because it's hard or difficult or terminal um, in the doctor's eyes. Doctors aren't always correct. Uh, they don't always have it right. Uh, they don't always know. They can tell you themselves that they're practicing medicine, that they've been shocked. I think of my friend Pancho Juarez. I was just listening uh, to a podcast, uh, him describing his wife who was diagnosed with a very aggressive cancer in her brain, in her eye, and the doctors are just like, you know, it's, it's just there's no hope. And then she went back for a scan and the treatments did work. Even though the treatments sometimes were worse than the cancer, the treatments did work and the doctor wasn't willing to admit there was a miraculous intervention of God. But the, the point that I'm making with my friend Pancho is that um, he made decisions, he and his wife made decisions based on life. And I think that's a safe, the person's not dead, like even with a terminal uh, sickness, even in a coma, the person's alive, not dead. Mm -hmm. Okay, that's good. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Uh, I'm sorry if this is a real decision that you guys are having to make right now. It's 
it's a it's not as easy as a radio program answer i can tell you that no i'm that was really clear for me so i appreciate it okay can i pray for you sure thank you father i do pray for tj and everything that's on her mind right now and and just the very hard question a very challenging time um, I, I pray there's many people in a very similar situations that um, culturally and even some Christians have left the foundation of life and have defined our lives by something else. I, I even pray against this thought of of the quality of life, this whole thing of quality of life now all of a sudden now diminishes someone's life. It doesn't. And so I pray, God, for those that are in those decisions that they would make decisions based upon your definitions, based upon the leading of your Holy Spirit, and not their own emotions. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you so much. You're welcome, TJ. Bye. Bye-bye. <sighs> yeah, that's, um. I mean, it's it's not a hard question for me, uh, not a hard question when me and, uh, and my wife and I and my son, Josh and Caitlin and my family, my whole side of my family, when our son was in a coma, there wasn't even a 99, there wasn't even a point nine, not even 1%, not even point zero, not even no percent at all. All of our decisions were for life of our son, Eddie, every single one of them, period. Um, as, as dark as it might've been, or as difficult as it might've been, um, our hope was in the Lord and and we're grateful for that because it's a very disorienting time. And, and then, you know, fortunately, we weren't surrounded by anybody that gave us bad advice. Anybody said, oh, no, it's over. Oh, no, he's gone. Oh, no, that's all nonsense. We did hear that, though, from people and uh, from people that didn't care. And uh, he, we, we know that this isn't just a question I'm ask, answering, answering on the radio program. I live this. And unfortunately... Uh, you know, uh, anyway, it's, it's, uh, it's important that you choose life and that you prayerfully move forward. And it's a lot of information, a lot of medical information, but God is the author of life. And so we just default Same. I, I was just talking, I was texting. I mean, texting is kind of like talking, right? But I was talking to a, a texting a pastor friend of mine today and he has shared with me that um the his wife's 98 year old mom just moved in with him he was asking him how he was and how he could be praying for him and ministering to him and he was saying that his um his um 98 year old mother-in-law just moved in and it radically changed their life and as hard as that decision was, that was the right decision for them. Uh, sometimes that decision means to get some care outside of the home, but it's to value and honor life. It's not to give up and to turn your back and just to, oh, just redefine what the Bible actually defines. Life is life, no matter what you think. And so, um, you know, be sure to lean in that direction. The Holy Spirit will help you. And and I have met, and let, let me clarify, I have met some with a terminal cancer diagnosis that tried all the treatments um, for years. And then at the, and then it didn't work or the tumors got bigger where they said, I'm not taking treatments anymore. Um, and 
but it wasn't without trying. It wasn't immediately giving up. So good. But a very difficult situation. Let's go over to Texas now. Beto is in Texas. San Angelo, welcome to the program. Hey, how's it going? Going great. So my question was uh, the subject on tongues. Okay. I was reading an Acts the other day, and I saw that when the rushing wind came in, it filled the entire house, and then as they were sitting, and it divided... The tongues divided of fire, and it rested on each of them. So my question was, if it, if that was the first uh, coming of the Holy Spirit, I guess it wasn't the first. It was the first indwelling of the Holy Spirit, right? The and, first bap- I would say the first baptism of the Holy Spirit, because we have at the end of John 20, the disciples receiving the Holy Spirit. Remember when Jesus breathed on him, breathed on them? The Spirit of God yeah. came, but what you see in Acts in Acts chapter two is the baptism of the Holy Spirit, what Jesus promised. Okay, and what kind of my question is: Is it for today? Is it for the apostles? Or is Both. it for the whole church? Both. Uh, that's that's kind of where I want to understand. Yeah, the gift of tongues, the interpretation of tongues, is still for today. Uh, there's no indication in the scriptures anywhere that it ceased. Uh, and there, there is one passage of scripture that some people like to go go to in First Corinthians, talking about when that which is perfect is come, that which is partial will be done away. But it's not it, the the context of that is the coming of the Lord. When the coming of the Lord comes, we're not going to need spiritual gifts anymore because we're going to be transformed in, in in a twinkling of the eye. We're going to be in our new bodies, in our eternal state. So no gifts are going to be needed because we're going to be full and whole in the presence of God. So there's really no indication um, that the that gift ever ceased. Um, it still exists today. Uh, and I did a whole Bible study on this. If you want to email me, I can send you the link. Um, I did a study on tongues and, and uh, the interpretation of tongues, exactly what it is, how we're to use it, and examples of that in the scriptures if you... Want to email me or text me? I'll send you the link. Yeah, I'm trying to find a pen handy. Um, yeah, let me get your email so I can email you. Okay, Ed at Ed Taylor. It's E D T A Y L O R dot O R G, and it has to be dot org. Ed at Ed Taylor dot org. Ed at Ed Taylor dot org. Yep. Okay. Yeah, because. Um, so I work for an air conditioning company, and my bosses are Church of Christ, and they don't really believe in that. But yes. I go to a non-denominational church, and I've seen the evidence of it fall on people. And what really kind of teared me back and forth is, why do people believe one thing, but other people believe other things? That's the question of the day, isn't it? <laughs> I mean, that's... Uh... The diversity of people, the diversity of opinions, tradition, uh, being taught wrong, uh, interpreting the Bible wrong. I mean, there's a, there's probably a, if we sat in a room, we'd probably come up with 100, 200, 300 answers to that question. Um, and so that's why it's important for us to learn how to study the Bible for ourselves. It's very important to understand how to handle the Bible, how to handle the original languages, and there's a great book that can equip you for that. Uh, it's called How to Study the Bible and Enjoy It 
by Pastor Skip Heitzig. Um, it's a phenomenal introduction to the inductive Bible study method. And I think that if we just were able to sit down and work through a text together, um, for example, that text I talked about, when that which is perfect has come, um, the people that, and I'm, I'm going to be teaching a little bit on this, uh, I did a whole series on the Holy Spirit, uh, and I'm going to be teaching on the gifts again here coming up starting this weekend, but the the significance, if we would just sit down together and work through a text together, I bet you we'd come, we'd be closer to um, the same answer than we would if we just answer with our traditions or the way we were taught or the way we were raised or what we experience and let the text inform us, you know, because to say that that which is perfect has come, they, the, the predominant interpretation of that is that's the Bible. When they finish the Bible, the gift of tongues, the gift of prophecy, and the gift of interpretation of tongues was no longer needed. Um, I mean, that that's nowhere in that text. Anywhere. You, would, you have to read that into the text. It's not anywhere there. Um, and I think if we all just sat down and say, well, where is that in the text? Without appealing to any tradition, any... Uh, I was raised in the Church of Christ, and the Church of Christ has a lot of teachings that are nowhere in the Bible, because they're like, we're New Testament Christians, and, you know, one of the things the Church of Christ also holds to is that, you know, no musical instruments, no musical instruments, we can't worship with... But, but I remember growing up in the Church of Christ, going to church, and there was musical instruments up there. The lead guy that would lead, he would take an instrument out of his pocket, and he'd blow into it to get the right key. I don't know what that, that thing is called, but... He would blow into it so he could start the song at the right key. And so really what they're saying is we can't worship with any musical instruments except that one guy that can pull a thing out of his pocket. He can use one. I mean, it's just silly. It's nowhere in the Bible. Um, and so if you examine some of our teachings, we should be able to uphold them with the scriptures, right? We should be able to say this. And this is what Peter said at that time when the Holy Spirit was being poured out. Remember what he said? He said... Um, he said, uh, uh, these, are, these are not drunk. This is chapter 2, verse 15. For these are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. And then he says this, but this is what was spoken of by the prophet Joel. And we should be able to say with all of our doctrine and teachings that this is what was spoken of in the scriptures. This is what the Bible says. So email me. I'll send you that, I'll send you that study. Awesome. Yeah, I think it's um, really good to look at when when Paul mentions, I speak more tongues than all of y'all. I thank God for that. Right. And I encourage y'all to speak tongues. So that's kind of what threw me off. Like, if he encourages it, then it just didn't make sense to me. But amen. Yes. Praise God. Fantastic. I'll, and again, you know, there's just as much as we are united in Christ, we also have differences and if we can just learn to set aside the non-essential differences and maximize the things that we do agree on, uh, the church will make a lot of uh, a lot of progress. Amen. All right. Well, can I get some prayer? Um, sure. My my wife tomorrow she's going to have a sonogram on her on her lymph nodes. Okay. Um, 
She has two that are benign, and they're going to they're going to check the third one, make sure it's also benign. But I'm just believing that that God's gonna. There's not going to be any when they pull the sonogram machine out. Good. So, um, okay. I, I think there's a good where you know, I think it's in Isaiah 53 where he says, "By our by His stripes we are healed." Yes. Um, I think that's that's not. We might get healed or. We're believing for a healing. That's a promise of the Lord, and I'm standing on it with her right now, and I just want you all to stand with me as well. Okay. Father, we do pray uh, for my brother's wife and this test. It's a very scary time, um, and I agree with him. We agree in prayer together that his wife will come out and not have anything to be said. And I'm grateful, again, as we were talking earlier about technology and doctors and the wisdom and teaching and different things, all these the, this equipment that can do um, tests and find things early, Lord, but also can, can also find that there's nothing there. And so we're grateful, God, that these tests are scheduled and we pray for the best possible outcome that will bring you the most glory and use this family in the greatest way. In Jesus' name, amen. All right. God bless you, brother. Love you all. Hey, hey, stay in touch and let us know how the tests go, okay? We will. All right. Thanks. Bye-bye. 303-690-3000 is the number. 303-690-3000. Taking your calls and your questions. We're going to keep going. Try to pick up on uh, back to Colorado. Alan, welcome to the program. Hi, Pastor Ed. How are you? Good. How are you? I'm doing pretty pretty well. I want to thank you, uh, first of all, for, uh, for everything that you do. I, I listen to the radio broadcast every day on my way to work, on my way to a friend's house, on my way back from work, and, uh, and it's been very nice. Uh, I literally do not change the radio station. Mm, that's uh, fantastic. So, uh, I did have a question. Uh, the question is, it's been on my mind lately, um, and that is uh, recently I, I've been pretty disconnected, I guess you could say, from, from God. I, I've been very uh, distant. Uh, lately, I've, I've been excluding Him a lot from the things that I've been, uh, been doing, um, not really looking uh, for Him in recent uh, weeks, I guess. Um, whatever reason that may be, I'm not entirely sure of. Um, but I wonder, why is it, um, despite my lack of faith in recent weeks, despite uh, my lack of action, uh, why is it that um, God continues to um, give me things? He, he, he continues to give me things that I feel like I don't personally deserve, and I'm afraid that um, with that, with these things that um, that he's been giving me lately, uh, that I will get too comfortable um, with his absence um, to a point that I just continue to, you know, not seek him and I will completely exclude him from my life. And um, I don't know, maybe it's the fact that I'm like, conscious about it that it's not going to happen but i'm not sure i'm not sure i'm i just wonder like 
why is it that he's giving me so much despite uh, what I've been doing or not doing lately? That's a great question. I, I think it's a question that all of us need to really examine in in looking at our lives because uh, I, I want you to think of the flip side of that question. If you had the best day that you ever had in your life, um, let's just say the best week you ever had in your life, the best month, do you think that puts you in a position to deserve anything from God? Um, do you think you could earn anything from God? I mean, I'm just asking to, to clarify your beliefs. Um, do you think if you had a better week, you should get more from God? Have you ever thought of that way? I'm sorry. Do, do I believe that if I receive more that I should... Um... I'm sorry, could you rephrase that question? Yeah, let me rephrase it. If you had a great week and you weren't calling because you have been distant, but you called because you've had a great week, uh, and we're flipping the, the question around and looking at the other side of it. So you had a great week. If you had a great week, does that make you think, like does it change your thinking in saying, well, God, I deserve your blessings? Uh, no, I mean, I I personally don't believe that I um, that I deserve it. It's just one of those things where it's Good. just given to me, it's given to all of us unconditionally. Correct. His, so, so, uh, the, so the answer the answer would be the re, God blesses us because he loves us. And there's a big Bible word for that. It's called grace. Getting that which we don't deserve. That's really what grace is. Grace, there are three words whenever you think of the word grace, three words that go together. Judgment mercy, and grace. The definition of judgment, and this is just a real simple definition, is that we get exactly what we deserve. And we're grateful that Jesus Christ himself took our judgment upon himself so that he got what we deserved. So judgment's getting what we deserve. Mercy is not getting what we deserve. For example, if you and I committed a crime and we're guilty of it, and we were found guilty in a court of law, and there you and I were standing next to the judge, and the judge says, well, what do you want, guys? And I look at you, you look at me, and go, oh, you know what? Give us the maximum. No, most likely we're going to say, show mercy on us. We, are, we were wrong, and we're asking for mercy, judge. We do not want what we deserve. I know that you can give it to us, but we don't want it. We want your mercy. And then grace, when if judgment is getting what you deserve, and then mercy is not getting what you deserve, then grace is getting what you don't deserve. And that's the real answer to, and really, if you think about it, God has been so gracious to you that he's brought you to this place where you're actually asking the right question. He's brought you to that place where you are saying, you know what, I I don't understand. I know myself. I know how far I get. I know the weaknesses, and yet God is still good to me. And listen, the goodness of God leads you and leads me to repentance. And that's what's important. If you don't come to the place of repentance, then you're going to pay the price of the consequences of your sinful behavior. And if you want to be distant from him, and that's the life you choose, it's going to be a miserable life. But God has brought you to a revelation to say, no, I love you. I care for you. I want to be in relationship with you. I, I want you to understand uh, how much I love you. So come back to me. Come broken. Come, Alan. Um, come to a place where like, now you understand my love and my grace for you. Don't go that way any longer. Repent. 
and return to the Lord? Um, that I mean, that answer makes complete sense. And now I just kind of wonder, um, with all these things that, um, that I've been given lately, I wonder what should I do with it? Because I don't think he's just giving it to me just because, uh, just for the sake of, like, I think, I think there's, there's just something, there's just something more. There's, there's something that there's, there's just something bigger. I, I, I believe in. I just, and I wonder, um, with what he's blessed me with, um, yeah, like what, are, what am I supposed to do with it? You're to be a good steward with everything that God has given to you. You're, you're to be a householder. You know, stewardship means we own nothing, but we're responsible for everything. And so it's not merely, God hasn't brought you to this point for you to figure out what to do with your stuff and what he's blessed you with. God has brought you to this point to get in right relationship with him because the answers that you're seeking are found in relationship. You are, if you were, if, if you were a good steward when you had nothing, then you're a good steward when you have a little, and you're a good steward when you have a little bit more and a little bit more, then in times of great blessing, it'll be nothing because you already know how to handle God's stuff for him. You already know how to bless, to serve him, and to give yourself to him. But uh, we got to go. You hear the music. Um, thanks for calling, Alan. Hey, thanks for being with me this afternoon. I know um, the show goes by fast, but it's good to be back with you. We'll be back in uh, Acts this weekend looking at spiritual gifts. So we'll see you at Calvary Church. Go to calvaryco.church for all the deets. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's Word.